So we're talking about a series called How to Build the Spiritual Wall of Protection Around Your Life. When we build a spiritual wall of protection around our life, God spares us. You know, there's so many things that could have happened if we weren't protected by God. So many things. I can list as well as you can things that, sh- that could have taken you out, but God, that he's worthy. <laughs> so there's a wall of protection that will spare us from all types of trouble that otherwise would try to evade our life. But the word says the angels of God encamp around about us who fear him and reverence him. How do we keep up that wall of protection? We talked about it. Get into the word of God, listen to it, and read it. How often? Daily, every single day. God, give us this day our daily bread. That's another scripture that I, I pray over you all, that God meets your spiritual needs. And God meets the needs of your soul, your mind, your will, your emotions. And God meets the need of your finances because my God shall supply all of our need according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus. I ask God to quicken our minds and our bodies. Every cell in our bodies are filled with life, health, and strength. Amen. God is good. So we're talking about also, number two, pray daily. Talk to God daily. He's not a far away distant God. He dwells in us by the person of the Holy Spirit. And we can communicate with him. And we can be filled with him. And we can pray in the spirit, and we can pray in the understanding. What a tremendous weapon and tool and joy and fellowship. And now we're talking about another way that we build a wall of protection around our life where the enemy cannot penetrate is quickly repent and receive forgiveness from God for yourself. We talked about that, number one. Number two, quickly ask forgiveness from others. Whether they receive your, whether they forgive you or not, you've done your part and just you've turned, you've repented, you're going in the right way and be willing just to prove yourself over time. Then today I'm going to talk about forgive yourself. This is an angle and a truth that I don't think we hear enough about that affects us probably more than we think. And then next week I'll talk about forgive others. So today, let's look at Matthew chapter 7 and verse 12. It says, so then, whatever you desire that others would do to you and for you, well, sow a seed, and even so do also to and for them. For this sums up the law and the prophets. The word has so much to say about the law of sowing and reaping, not just in finances, but if you want if you want to have some friends, what do you need to do? Be friendly, you know. That's why we have so many. Um, you can get on a team here and help serve. Uh, and you can get in a connect group and, at, you know, whatever fits you. But we like to break it down to there's prayer groups. and all. But, you know, we need, we need each other. But you can't do unto others what you've not received for yourself or done unto yourself. Have you ever asked God to forgive you from something? You say yes. Yes, you all have. I have. Did you receive it? Did he say, I don't hold it against you anymore? He did. I quoted that scripture. As far as the east is from the west, he removes our transgressions from us. 
Have you ever had to ask forgiveness from someone else? Yep. Have they ever rejected you and your forgiveness? But did you do your part? Now, how many have ever had to forgive themselves? But there's those of you online today, there's those of you in, in person today that haven't, gone, haven't re- quite received forgiveness for yourself yet because it keeps coming up like a cycle. It just keeps coming up. Might be free for a little bit, then all of a sudden he, the enemy, who's a liar, tries to bring it back up in your life, tries to bring that guilt and that shame and that condemnation. But in Christ, therefore, there is no condemnation for those who walk in the spirit and don't fulfill the lust of the flesh. As a matter of fact, if you go about bringing condemnation to someone else, you are not operating in the ways of God. You might say, I've got a few things on that person. If I get in an argument, I'm going to bring them out. No. We need to realize we went to get forgiveness from God and he, he forgave us. Whether we receive forgiveness or not from someone else, we tried. Now we're just going to prove ourselves over time. And today, let's talk about forgiving ourselves because here's what I know. If you don't forgive yourself, you'll not be a forgiving person because you project on others what's going on inside of you uh, internally. The, the gospel say, who's ever sinned you remit are retained. You ever see somebody repeat the past of something that been, has been done to them? Have you ever seen? One of the reasons why, because they hadn't gotten forgiveness, or they hadn't, you know, that person hasn't gotten forgiveness yet. And so you're a carrier of whatever is done to you. And if you're not careful, you'll repeat it in your family. Whatever sin you retain, you retain. Whatever sin you remit is remitted. How important is that? You, you can't love someone else without having first loved yourself. He said, love myself. Well, are you merciful to yourself? Have you forgiven yourself of those things that keep trying to bring guilt and shame into your life? Hurt people. Hurt people. You are you wherever you go. You might think it's this group of people that, man, they just, they're unforgiving, they're unloving and just can't really stand to be around them. Remember, wherever you go, you go. And wherever's in you, you'll think it's in them as well. And you'll not find any perfect place because there's no such thing as a perfect church. We're striving for maturity. We're striving for prote- uh, yeah, protection. <laughs> C.S. Lewis said, I think that if God forgives us, we must forgive ourselves. Otherwise, it's almost like setting up ourselves as higher than the tribunal of God. God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. How do we forgive ourselves is what I want to major on for the next few minutes. Most of us, I include myself majorly in this area, most of us are harder on ourselves than we are on other people. Now, that could be opposite. Some of us are harder on people than we are on ourselves. But we need to work on this. We need to remember that the same way, say it with me, same way, same exact way 
that God forgave us and we forgive others, we are to forgive ourselves. Colossians 1 says in verse 13 and 14, For he has rescued us and drawn us to himself from the dominion of darkness. He's transferred us to the kingdom of his beloved son in whom we have redemption. If you're saved, you have redemption means because of his sacrifice resulting in forgiveness of our sins. And if you receive forgiveness, you've received cancellation of sin's penalty, which is death in some, me- some measure, some way. When you don't forgive yourself and you don't, you don't forgive others, the word says your prayer life is being hindered right now. Your faith life is on stop right now. In other words, what you're believing you have received and you're thanking God for according to his word every day. You've got the promises of God. You're at a standstill. And God's drawing you to get things right. Drawing you to get things right with him. Drawing, th- drawing you to get things right with the other person. Drawing yourself to forgive yourself today. C.S. Lewis said, a Christian is not one who never goes wrong, but one who is enabled with the privilege of repentance, turning from your wrong way, and begin, get forgiveness, and begin again after each stumble because of the inner working of Christ. This is the day the Lord has made. His mercies are new every morning. So glad. How many love to receive judgment? Thank you for not raising your hand. But if you're always judging other people, you're sowing seeds that when you need mercy, you're going to get some judgment. You might not understand what other people are doing and what they have done, but I'm not going to judge them. I can can inspect their fruit because by their fruit, people are known. And if it's bad fruit, if I can't help them, I get away. You've got to get in a group of people that are producing good fruit, that provoke you to come up higher, that provoke you to come up to the standard of the Word of God. If God has forgiven us and doesn't uh, remember our sins any longer, we shouldn't hold them against ourselves as well. Let me remind you of what forgiveness means in the Greek, but make it plain here. It means to set free. It means that whatever you haven't forgiven yourself of, when you receive forgiveness, it's time to let it go. It's time to release, to discharge, to liberate completely cancellation of a debt or releasing someone from the obligation of a contract of a commitment or promise. It means to forfeit any right to hold a person captive to a previous commitment of wrong that they have committed. In essence, the word forgive is a picture of of totally freeing and releasing someone of a debt. Or you can say, paid in full. You might say, I didn't pay for my sins. Thank God Jesus did. A modern paraphrase of the Greek word would simply be, let it go. Bow your heads with me for a moment. And this is a very private moment. I'm the only one that's going to look into the congregation right now. You're here today and you're there online. Respond to what I'm getting ready to say if it's true. 
You're here today and you say, Pastor Cohen, this message is for me because I'm hard on myself and I haven't forgiven myself. It's a cycle. It dogs me. It shames me. It, it's it, always on a guilt trip. If that's you today, again, no one's looking around, just raise your hand real quick. Yeah. Yep. Well, it's time. It's time. You can put your hands down. It's time to let it go. It's time to for, for, forgive yourself the way God's forgiven us. If you don't renew your mind on the truths that I'm talking about today, you might be free for a bit, but then all of a sudden here comes that cycle again, and the enemy crashes back in. So we need to renew our mind on the Word of God on a daily basis. Romans 12, 2 says, do not be conformed to this world, this age. Don't be fashioned after and adapted to its external, superficial customs, but be transformed be changed by the entire renewal of your mind on the Word of God, by its new ideals and its new attitude. Why? So that you may prove for yourselves what is the good and acceptable and the perfect will of God, even the thing which is good and acceptable and perfect in His sight for you. We need to examine ourselves in light of the Word of God and the witness of the Holy Spirit consistently, the word and the witness. When I'm good with the word and the witness, I've got peace. I, I, I have peace, but if the word today going out is bringing conviction to my spirit, not condemnation, conviction, conviction is that God is alerting you, hey, let's get over this thing now. And the Holy Spirit is here to watch over the word, to perform it. Just like in the beginning of Genesis you see all kinds of void and destruction, but the Holy Spirit was hovering over the earth. But he did nothing until God said something. He did nothing until God said. And then when the word of God was said, creation began. Darkness turned to light. There is a spiritual principle of getting these truths in our heart, in our eyes, in our ears, hearing the word that needs to get into our heart, and then we need to say what God says about us. What does God say about me? That's the truth. John 17, 17 says, be sanctified or be cleansed by the truth. Come out and be healed by the truth. My word is truth. God's word is truth. Isaiah 53 says, he was wounded and crushed because of our sins. And I'd like to say because of my sins. By taking on our punishment. He took on my punishment. He made us completely well when we receive what he's done. Verse 10 says, the Lord decided his servant would suffer as a sacrifice. Why? To take away the sin and guilt of others. Corey Ten Boom said, I've experienced God's presence in the deepest, darkest hell that man could create but God. I have tasted and tested the promises of God, and believe me, you can count on them. God's word is forever settled. God totally freed us and released us from our sins. He let it go. Have you received it? 
Hebrews 9, 12 says, with his own blood, not the blood of goats and calves, he enlarged or entered the heaven's most holy place once for all time, and he secured our redemption. Thank God. Forever. How long? Forever. Under the old system of bloods and goats and bulls and ashes of heifer, if that could please people, uh, cleanse people's bodies from ceremonial impurity, just think how much more the innocent blood of Jesus Christ that was shed for us, how much more will that purify and cleanse our conscience right now? Bow your heads, close your eyes. Those of you who raised your hand, just lift it up one more time. Say, God, I thank you that you have forgiven me You've let it go. Now today, because of your sacrifice, I'm going to forgive myself. I forgive myself. I thank you, God, for your blood that has cleansed my conscience now to get up and move forward into the work of God, into the ways of God. In Jesus' name, oh, man, I love to have a clean conscience. And that's when we ever sense anything we're about getting ready to do, to uh, hurt our conscience, we back up because God's voice is our conscience in our life. The voice of our spirit, who is the candle of the Lord, our spirit man is the candle of the Lord, and our conscience is the voice of our recreated spirit. When we have a good conscience, when we're governed by good things in the word of God, we we follow the plan of God and the path of God. If we override our conscience and we step over those bounds, we, our heart begins to condemn us. And then we, we have no, we're not confident to go toward God when we need help or, you know, we just can't do that. As a matter of fact, even this morning when we open up praise and worship, if you couldn't praise and worship from your heart because you had something that has happened recently, don't wait till the service is over to get it right. You just let God so examine, examine you, and you just say, God, forgive me. I receive your forgiveness of such and such. And get plain with him. Tell him exactly. It's not like God doesn't know. But he wants you to say that out of your mouth. It exposes it to light. And then you just say, thank you, God. I receive forgiveness. Now I can worship God in spirit and in truth with a clean conscience. Just think how much more the blood of Christ will purify our consciences from sinful deeds so that we can worship the living God. For by the power of the eternal spirit, Christ offered himself to God as a perfect sacrifice for our sins. Oswald Sanders says, Jesus drank a cup of wrath without mercy so that we might drink a cup of mercy without wrath. Oh, I'm so thankful. So we receive forgiveness, we receive healing from the Word of God, we receive the quickening power of the Holy Spirit. Psalm 61 is referring to Jesus in the Garden of Gethsemane that would happen hundreds of years later. He said, Jesus said, hear my cry, O God, listen to my prayer. From the end of the earth I call to you when my heart is overwhelmed and weak. 
Lead me to the rock that is higher than I, a rock that is too high to reach without your help, for you have been a shelter to me. You've been a refuge to me. You've been a tower against the enemy. Let me dwell in your tent forever. Let me take refuge in the shelter of your wings. Pain happens in life. We mess up sometimes. Then God quickens our heart and he, he, he convicts us and we get it right. How it went? Quickly. Don't st- I can't sleep on a bothered conscience. I can't because I wouldn't have peace. So I thank God. I go before him every day, whether you know it or not. My wife and I, we have prayer teams that pray over your life. Forgive us this day our daily bread. God, forgive us and our congregation. Forgive us and the ministries we oversee. Forgive our leaders that are over our life. If we've erred in any way, sin of commission, sin of omission, stepping out of faith, stepping out of love walk, God, ask God, oh, forgive me, God. I trust you. And you get back in that shelter. You get back in that spiritual wall of protection. You know, there's, there's an enemy called the devil, and he's called the accuser of the brethren. So you've got voices out there that are trying to get you to believe a lie, which is contrary to the truth. John 8, 31 and 32 says, so Jesus said to those Jews who have believed in him, if you abide in my word, you hold fast to these words, to my teachings, and live in them according with them, you are truly my disciples, and you will know the truth, and the truth will do what? Set you free. And you stay in the truth, and you'll stay free. And you stay in the truth, it'll seem like you get freer. And then you get freer. And then you get freer. How can I get any more free? Because a word is being taught and heard and demonstrated, and praise God, I'm free. The Son has set me free. Verse 43 says, why do you misunderstand what I say? Is it because you're unable to hear what I'm saying? In other words, you cannot bear to listen to my message or the truth. Your ears are shut to my teachings. My prayer is today that you have an ear to hear and an eye to see so God can minister to places no one else sees. But it's there. He said, you're of your father, the devil, and... It is your will to practice the lusts and gratify the desires which are characteristic of your father. Calling out the devil here. He was a murderer from the beginning. He doesn't stand in the truth because there's no truth in him. When he speaks a falsehood, he speaks what is natural to him because he's a liar. Everything that's been bombarding your life that is contrary to the Word of God, trying to bring you back into shame, trying to bring you back into uh, guilt and condemnation, that is not truth. That's lies. If you have received forgiveness and forgiven yourself, forgiven others. When you receive forgiveness for yourself, as we talked about a little while ago, set boundaries in your thought life to not allow anything other than the truth of God's word to be in your domain. That's why we have to put up the shield of faith when lies are in our past trying to come against us, all these different things. You need to be able to be a student of the word to the point that you know what God has said about what you're going through. Go to those scriptures. 
and cast down every imagination that would try to get you to buy into a lie that would bind you. Don't let the devil's accusations cause you to get down on yourself. Sometimes when you come into the presence of God to pray, the devil will bring back all kinds of accusations. He'll try to keep you from praying. Invariably, he will bring up your past to try to hinder you and to keep you from receiving what you need from God. When the devil keeps asking you to look at your past, there's something in your future he does not want you to see. Say it with me, good things are in my future. Goodness and mercy follow me all the days of my life. Six things Satan hates to, uh, for you to know. He's a fallen angel. He took a third of the angels out of heaven when he tried to rebel. He tried to overtake God's position, and that ain't happening. He's a created being. My God is Jehovah, the God who has existed forever. So the enemy doesn't want you to know that he does exist. He doesn't want you to know how he operates. He doesn't want you to know that he can't be everywhere at all times. Only my God can. And he's in me. And greater is he that's in me than he that's in the world. He's in me. He's with me. He's for me. He's going to see me through. He's there. He's with me. When have you re- uh, just, just thought about God? Wow. God. God. I'm the temple of the Holy Spirit. God is on the inside of us. He doesn't want you to know that his time is short, that he was defeated, and that you have authority over him in Jesus' name. And the scripture says, whatever I bind on earth is bound in heaven. Whatever I loose on earth is loosed in heaven. Every day I come before God and I say, God, I thank you. You've given me authority According to your word, that you've given me authority to tread upon serpents and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy, denoting the devil, and nothing shall by any means hurt me. Nothing. You said you give me power over all unclean spirits to cast them out and to heal all manner of sickness and all manner of disease. So based upon the authority of the name of Jesus and the power of your word, I say to you, devil, in Jesus' name, I bind you in my domain. I rebuke any foul spirit that would try to attach itself against any of us. I bind hell and I loose heaven. Heaven go. Cause the angels to hearken unto the voice of the word of God. Your past is behind you. Philippians says, brothers and sisters, I consider that I have made it my own have not made it my own yet, but one thing I do, I'm going to forget what lies behind me, and I'm going to reach forward to what lies ahead. I'm going to press on toward the goal to win the heavenly prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. So stop looking back. When your past calls, don't pick up the phone. You might have to put up with the ring but I'm not going to answer that lie. It has nothing new to say. Joseph Simmons said that. And we have no right to make people pay for their sins. Don't bring it back to them. When we bring back our mistakes to God, he doesn't remember them anymore. We forgive people, and I'm not saying you don't have to go through the process of the feeling of forgiveness to kick in and It's not like you're like, hey, 
you've forgiven someone that's really, really hurt you, that split second, you're not like, say, hey, let's go do lunch. Maybe someday you do. But forgive them by faith. It's not a feeling. Another way that we can stay free and forgive ourselves is if we're going through a major challenge in our soul, in our mind, our will, and our emotions, tell someone that can hold you accountable. Go to your go-to people. If I I was having an overwhelming attack that I needed some help, I go to my go-to people. And they help build up. And they help me get through any type of infirmity or challenge that I'm facing. Have you ever felt overwhelmed? Find some go-to people in, in, in your life. If you don't have them because you're making a total change, get into one of our prayer groups, our connect groups, our, you know, men come on with the brave. We break down in small groups. It's awesome. Don't go it alone. Reach out for help. If you don't forgive yourself, it's going to hinder your faith, like I said, as much as unforgiveness toward another person does. Les Brown said, forgive yourself first. Release the need to replay a negative situation over and over again in your mind. Don't become a hostage to your past by always reviewing and reliving your mistakes. Don't remind uh, yourself of what should have, could have, would have been. Release it. Let it go. I'm talking to you today. I'm talking to you online today. Release it. Let it go. Move on. Psalm 103, I quoted a few times today. As far as the east is from the west, so far has it removed our transgressions from us. When we're dealing with guilt, guilt says, I've done something wrong. But shame says, there's something wrong with me. Guilt says, I've made a mistake. Shame says, you are a mistake. Guilt says, what I did was not good. Shame says, I'm no good. Those are lies you got to do something with. You need to cast down imaginations. Go to your go-to people. Renew your mind on the Word of God. Pray daily, right? Do these daily things. Be consistent. It's time to forgive ourselves and be released from a debt that we owe, but Jesus paid. Let's bow in prayer. Why don't we all say this out loud, just just as reaffirming what the truth is said today. Say it with me. I confess that God's mercies are over me. They are new each day. Therefore, each day is a brand new opportunity to forget those things which are behind me and I press toward the prize of God's calling that is drawing my attention to focus more on Him. I receive a fresh grace today to do whatever it takes to discipline my body and my mind and to order my days so I don't waste precious time. I am diligent 
I am faithful. Therefore, I abound with blessing, and I live free of regrets. I declare this in Jesus' name. Amen. God is good. I've received forgiveness from God. He holds it. He doesn't hold anything against me. He says, move on. I don't remember it anymore. I've attempted to get right with other people. Sometimes they receive, receive you and forgive. And sometimes they don't. But I've done what the Word says. And then I've forgiven myself. So I'm no longer going to walk in condemnation. Then I'm going to walk free. And I'm going to continue to meditate on these words. One more time, let's pray as we get ready to dismiss. Father, in Jesus' name, I thank you for all those online. I thank you for all those in person here today. And Father, I pray as I have, and I thank you for drawing people to Jesus by your Holy Spirit today. If you're here today and you've never received Jesus as your personal Savior and Lord, today's your day. God's drawing you. You're here today for a reason. Let's all repeat this prayer, whether you need salvation or not. Pray this prayer out loud with me. Say, God, I believe Jesus is your son. I believe he died on the cross for all of my mistakes, all of my sins. But I also believe on the third day, you raised him from the dead. Jesus, you're alive. You're the Savior of the world. You are Lord. Now I ask you, and I receive you as my Savior, and I receive you as my Lord. Thank you for saving me. In Jesus' name.